Hello, 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 and welcome back to Netflix, Coffee, and Questioning Humanity. Hi, yes, hello, it's me again. The last episode took me about nine years to edit, and I didn't get it out until after the Love is Blind reunion, and I have some things to say, so I wanted to put this episode out. Also, I watched the first season, which I'm not going to talk about the old season unless that's something you want, but it really wasn't all that exciting. All I know is Lauren and Cameron are like mommy and daddy, and that's really all that matters from season one. But yeah, this will be a single focus ranty episode all about that messy Love is Blind season two reunion. Friendly reminder that this is an explicit podcast, which means I may discuss explicit content while most certainly using explicit language. So little ears, those easily offended, and shake fans may want to bow out. Now, on with the show. Like I said in the previous episode, I have significantly reduced coffee from my diet. I know, I know, but with good reason. However, I am still drinking it just when I record so it can be my special happy time with my coffee. And I don't drink a lot. Like I definitely don't drink like a massive mug anymore. I have a cute little cup. And today I'm drinking a little cup of Brooklyn Roasting Company's Caramel Pie Crust Chocolate Medium Dark Roast. To be frank, um, it's not very good. Not to me anyway. It's definitely very elevated in flavor, but it's not the flavor for me. I was asking myself, why does this taste like burnt coffee? And then I started reading more on the can because it comes in this massive can. And it reads, in the cup, this medium plus roast is balanced and sweet with a hint of toasted walnut and burnt cookie. Um, I don't want a burnt flavored anything. It doesn't taste like pie crust to me. Uh, it just tastes burnt. The roast itself is good, like the medium roast of it all. Fabulous. But yeah, not a fan. Now let's move on to this reunion. So I'm going to go couple by couple, but things may obviously get intertwined because a lot of times Shake gets interrupted, uh, specifically by Shake. But the reunion itself was a bit messy, a lot messy, really messy. So that would be an accurate depiction of the vibe. Let's start with Shane and Natalie, ex Shayna and Kyle, because obviously these two relationships intersect. Shane seemed really apologetic at first about gaslighting Natalie during the little Shayna mix-up. And you know, maybe deep, 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 deep down, he really is sorry. But he is such a fucking victim. I, I just cannot. I don't care how many times he says, I'm not playing the victim. A dog can say his shit tastes like ice cream and he can believe that to be true. But everyone else knows the dog is delusional and also eating his own shit. Okay, that's the only way I can explain it to you. I think Shane was prepped heavily by a PR team because initially he sounded very scripted. And that's not something production wants. They don't want the right answers that Shane was giving. Right in quotations, by the way. Netflix wants all the mess, more ratings. And they got the mess after, you know, a few minutes when the script and the PR training wore off. It faded away slowly but surely. 
I feel like the more he spoke, the more he went back to his baby back bitch ways. Shane is horrendous with words. When he starts getting flustered, I literally feel like I'm listening to a child whine. He also looked like he absolutely 100% did not want to be there. His face looked like he was getting his teeth pulled with no Novocaine. Just miserable. They also brought up the fight before the wedding that we never saw. And Shane said that the fight was due to him being reactive and emotional. A positive note, I definitely think he's going to therapy based off that response. And that is a very appropriate step forward. Kudos to him. Everyone needs to go to therapy. I don't care how normal you think you are. Look at the fucking state of the world we live in. 99% of people cope by being addicted to their phone or computer or video games to escape into a fantasy land. And most people even lack the self-awareness, not by like ignorance or stupidity. It's just not something you think about really because it's a part of our normal everyday life. They lack the self-awareness to even realize that they're escaping reality. But that's just another conversation entirely. I rewatched The Social Dilemma recently to prep for an upcoming episode. And yeah, once again, I want to throw my phone into the ocean. Anyways, back on track, Natalie said that that night changed everything for her. And she made a great point. She said it was a wake-up call that was like, wow, we do have some deep fucking issues that need to be solved before marriage. The situation isn't like, oh, one fight can break us. It's not that at all. That's not the appropriate response, I believe. Sometimes when dating, there really is one fight and how that person reacts in the fight can be potentially a red flag minefield. Like if they call you a disrespectful name or start telling you how awful you made them feel the entire time or berate your physical appearance or even get physical or honing back to season one, oh my God, that awful, awful girl. Her husband or boyfriend was awful fucking too. They were just the worst. The ginger guy um, and the blonde girl, when they had a fight, she was like, you know how you always say I'm the best sex you ever had? You ever notice I don't say that back? I don't care if that's true or false. You know, you just don't say that unless you are cutting all ties. Like you are packing up your shit and you are leaving that night. You are deleting, blocking everything. You will never speak to him again. That couple, I don't think I've ever hated a couple more. They're just awful people, both of them. What I'm trying to say is any situation can raise a lot of red flags that are serious issues that need to be fixed. It doesn't mean you give up easily. Shane said he took accountability for his part in the fight and then got mad Natalie didn't own up to her side of the story. She did say, obviously, the anger came from somewhere, from him being underappreciated specifically. He then was like, oh, you don't feel bad for anything that you've done? Shane obviously is not healed from this, which is totally fine. That's valid. And please don't think that I'm on Team Natalie or I think she's innocent. I don't. I don't know a damn thing she said. It could have been horrible. What I do know is that when you say, I take accountability, but you did bad things too, it sort of makes everything you said before but null and void. What's that quote that they say? Everything before but is bullshit. I kind of, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. I try not to say but, except when I'm saying boote. But it's almost like you take accountability only if you are apologized to. Like your accountability has conditions. And that's not, that's not what accountability is. That's disingenuous to me. That's almost like completely hypocritical. If he said in a way that was not whining, like an adult, 
Natalie, you really hurt my feelings because you didn't make me feel good enough for you. Example, A, B, C, D, etc. That really hurt my self-esteem and my ego was bruised. Because of that, I reacted in immature and unacceptable ways. I should have either ended things right there or told you that you're being cruel or unreasonable and at the least ended the conversation. And then they could have continued the disagreement another day when they were both less hurt and both had cool heads. But he didn't do that. I also think Natalie should have listened to him much earlier in the relationship. She should have known in Mexico in the fucking cabana things when he made a very big deal out of something that she thought was a joke. She should have known then. Like she should have been like, oh, this is okay. This is serious to him. This isn't funny to him. At the end of the day, my opinion on Shane's reaction in that fight doesn't matter. It's the same analogy I used in the last episode about pizza. Shane needs extra cheese every single time. He doesn't want any jalapenos ever, just extra cheese. Natalie likes her pizza with an occasional jalapeno. If Natalie thinks extra cheese all the time is unbearable and Shane can't handle the occasional hot, then again, that's incompatibility. If Shane can't take the joke, the joke isn't fucking funny to him. And that's just who he is and that's okay. If Natalie doesn't like that, then she needs to cut it right there. They both should have done that much sooner, in my opinion. And I can say that I think Shane's a baby back bitch for his reaction, and I do firmly believe that. But in the same breath, I can step back from a situation and be like, yeah, well, he is who he is, and that's okay. Side note, I just have to bring this up because it's maybe it's just me. The faces Shane makes and the noises are so bizarre, but also very entertaining. So thank you, Shane, for those moments. When asked if they had any regrets regarding their relationship on the show, ultimately the two said they don't like having regrets. They also shared that they gave it another shot after the wedding without the pressure. And apparently it was too fresh for them and Natalie still held resentment about the fight so they couldn't make it work. And here's where we're going to get into some of the crossover with Shayna, of course. Apparently, Natalie was totally unaware that Shane was genuinely torn between her and Shayna because that's not the story Shayna was giving her. I definitely felt like betrayed by both Shayna and Shayna, quite honestly. The fact Shane said, if, you know, you told me two days earlier, it could have been potentially different. It's not something he was telling me. I felt like by the last set of days, like he assured me it was just going to be me. It was only me. So seeing that there could have been a change if he explored another connection was really hard. But I think with you, Shayna, what you had told me was you walked in saying you were supportive of our relationship and you used to like him and that was it. Mm -hmm. So I just think seeing that and feeling like you were dishonest was, you know, really tough. When you saw it for the first time, were you surprised at how torn he was between the two of you? Yeah, it was something I I truly was not aware of. Shane obviously explained why he reacted the way he did uh, during the meeting with Shayna. And I can understand why Natalie was hurt. Ultimately, I take her side over Shane all day long on this. But I do have to say, I also understand that Shane was completely overwhelmed with the situation. And the experience itself, I can understand that being ready to propose to Natalie and then Shayna walks in and bears her love for you or whatever that was. Yeah, that's that's really tough. That's really hard. I mean, in an ideal perfect world, would that be like, No, Shayna, get the fuck out. I want Natalie. 
But in that situation, that's a lot harder to do because you have to literally go off blind faith. This was one of the biggest days of my life going into it. And I literally thought I was going to come into a, a room proposing to my girl and someone else came into that room and you're, you get like, you literally get punched right in the face. Yeah. Okay. Like literally like, I blacked out when it happened and everything that went down. Okay. Like I'm being crucified for the situation. I could have handled it definitely different, but like no one knows what it feels like going in there. And it's like, you know, I, my whole mindset was focusing on proposing to Natalie the whole time. And then I hear Shannon's voice. And we haven't talked for days. I, I'm like, I'm not mad about the situation, but it's like, it was my day with Natalie. Yeah. And I was upset about the fact that, like, it got, like, it just fucked with my mind a little bit. And that's what it was about. And I obviously was very dramatic. That's who I am. But, like, I just, I, like, that's what it was. I think the mix-up was far, 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 far worse. Far worse. He said no to Shayna at the end of the day. Like, he was happy with his choice. What I think we saw when Shayna came into the pods that one last time with Shane, I think that was him being overwhelmed. But at the end of the day, he said, no, I want Natalie. And that's what matters or mattered. It doesn't matter anymore. Then we pull Kyle into the mix. My fucking guy. All right. First of all, Kyle with the fucking nose ring rock and roll bachelor. Hell yeah, brother. He's the fucking coolest dude. I don't even care. This reunion just made me like him more and Shayna way less. She can fuck all the way off with her condescending fucking eye squints and manipulating. Fuck Shayna. Kyle very politely in the midst of a conversation with Natalie and Shane and Shayna was like, hey, you think I can slide into this convo about my fiance confessing her lovey-dovey feelings for another dude? Shayna said that she said yes because she was confused and felt manipulated by his mother's ring. I felt like she could have said no. I didn't sense the hesitation in the moment, but looking back, she seemed very hesitant. And then obviously seeing the meeting with Shane, that blew my mind. I didn't see that one coming. Because I would never think to do that to you. I would never think, oh, I just got engaged, but let me give one more try to somebody else. I wasn't giving a try. It was part of my process. Again, this is an experiment. I didn't know what I was feeling. When I said yes, I, I think I just felt very confused in the pod. I felt a little manipulated by you bringing out your mother's engagement ring. So How I don't know. special should it, you should have felt? I mean, I would be so honored. Like That's wow, why I couldn't you, go through means... with it, though, because I can't wear your mother's engagement ring. How? How? Girl. 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 On what fucking planet? Way to take something unbelievably sentimental and romantic and turn it into something that made you the victim. What on earth are you fucking talking about? God forbid she admits to being an awful person. She cannot do that. She skids around all of her bullshit and says, but I'm not gonna play a victim. And then goes on and plays the victim. And this was a fucking Razzie award-winning performance, I might add. Everything about her energy is yuck to me. Her and Shane belong together. Both are victims who aren't playing the victim. It's a match made in heaven. Kyle expressed himself very clearly and calmly and savagely. He was like, you used me as a backup. And of course, Shayna couldn't accept this villain arc herself. No, 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 no. I, don't, I didn't understand the point of the meeting. I thought you just needed uh, some loose ends tied up 
but I didn't think that it was literally asking him, like, this is your last chance. No, not and at all. Used, that wasn't my you intention. Leveraged, you used me as a backup. No, and I you were, didn't. You were, you were seeing if he would flip last second and ask you to marry him instead of Natalie. Are you speaking for me? Are you telling me how I felt? I'm so confused. No, I... I'm, I told you what happened. So the fact that so you're playing why, this, so like, So wait, why did you want the so, meeting? What? Why did you want the meeting with Shane? It, honestly, looking back on it, I should have said no right away, too. Right. No, it's like, I'm not going to play victim in this situation. Shayna said she broke off the engagement because of her relationship with God, and that was the only reason. But she wanted to give it a shot. She said she was being a people pleaser, she didn't want to upset Kyle, but she shouldn't have said yes. And I do understand what she was saying when she justified that with, I've been with Christian guys and that didn't work out, so maybe let's give this a try. In theory, yes, that makes sense. But Shayna, in the same breath, you also can't say a man's relationship or lack thereof with God is a red line you cannot cross in a relationship. You can't have both. You can't say, oh, I wanted to give it a shot, but also say, no, no, if you don't have a relationship with God, that's the red line. I just don't know what her motivation was with Kyle. He did mention that in the final edit, the audience really didn't get to see how close they got. But, you know, we don't know in the end what her motivation was. But according to Shake, staying on the show was a driving factor for everybody. Can we just say off the record, the drive to continue on the show was a thriving oh factor, I think, you. for, 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 for Shayna and Kyle. We will get into him soon. We will tear into Shake. Don't you worry. Shake and Bake is saved for last. Also, T, Shane and Shayna met up after the show. Shane was so uncomfortable talking about it. Almost like, I gotta say, to the point where it seemed like there was a little bit more than friendliness going on after the show. Like maybe a one and done hookup. Maybe they tried to make it work for two weeks and they both realized they are the same person and they are unbearable. I don't know. Shayna said it was just friendly, but I don't believe that. She's a liar. I wouldn't believe a word out of her mouth. T though, T, all allegedly, all, you know, drama gossip. I don't know for sure, but I believe it in my mind. On to the next quadrangle of drama. I'm not even entirely sure what a quadrangle is, but it sounds right. Please hold. Let me see here. A four-sided plane figure, especially a square or rectangle. Okay, bet. Perfect. A quadrangle of drama. Mal, Sal, Ayana, and Jarrett. Let's start with Ayana and Jarrett here because they are still happily married, as are Danielle and Nick. Actually, you know what? Let's get those two out of the way because they bore the shit out of me. Nick was a savage, though, during this reunion. He had his moments throughout the show, but this, this was the the shining ray of light from this reunion. Th this show is about finding love, okay? And the way as I see it- As long as she can get on your shoulders. I still like Nick. He's in my top three for sure, but I didn't feel sold on what we were shown in the reunion regarding his relationship with Danielle. Vanessa asked them, is the relationship still blissful? And I was like, bitch, when was it blissful? Like, what, what did you see that we didn't see? Maybe it was, obviously, we saw the edited version, but I didn't see a lick of bliss, no ma'am. I think that the pressure of saying I do or I don't had us in this like pressure cooker where we were constantly getting in these disagreements where we were really just trying to figure out whether or not it would work. And then once we actually got into the real life, a lot of the disagreements that we had ended up being non-existent. 
But apparently they went to couples therapy, which is great. I'm sure their relationship improved immensely from that. Nick did say the root of their arguments were based around the fact that he's a fixer. And Danielle is like, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to understand that I feel this way. I'm a fixer as well, so I totally understand how it can be insensitive at times. It is a great revelation to have. It helps a lot. Also, it was shared that Nick dances on more tables than Danielle does, which is cute, and he gets into costumes, and he's rock banding out and thriving, and his uncle gave Danielle his great-grandmother's wedding ring, which was really beautiful. They do seem happy enough, and that's great for them, but they bore me. Okay, now let's get back to Mal, Sal, Ayana, and Jarrett, or specifically Ayana and Jarrett. They're great. They're a married couple that doesn't bore me. They looked incredible in their matching outfits. Superb. I loved. Just had to throw that in there. And the main issue that was obviously brought up was the drunken night in Mexico when Mallory and Jarrett were acting like clowns. I'm such a guy. Uh, hence, why the fuck Dude. we connected? They don't know how to fucking be like, hey, you're beautiful. You're like, let me do things for you. Let me like, you're gorgeous. Like, I don't even need that. But like, what's a fucking wild? That's a nice ring, not the ring you wanted. Watching everyone's reaction that was involved was so awkward, but I loved it. I loved seeing their reactions. Mallory said it was a really hard and emotional moment for her, which I think is valid, but it doesn't mean you can act shysty on your honeymoon. It just doesn't. No. She claimed that she took some shots because she was nervous and that didn't help. And Sal was having none of this. Not a fucking second of this. That was a very, very hard situation to be in and conversation. It was the first time seeing everybody and literally coming from the pause after that emotional ass like interaction and then not even having any chance to like to talk to just be like, hey, like, how are you feeling? So that like going into that, I was extremely nervous and anxious because I knew that this was going to be a conversation that had to happen. Fortunately, I took a couple shots before that because I was nervous as shit. I still think it was inappropriate to have that when we were on our honeymoon. Nice boy, softy, romantic, singing Sal was dead and gone. Dead and gone. Go on. He dragged her respectfully, but strongly. A good grown ass man drag. Sal and Mal, I guess, met for coffee and chatted after the show and decided it didn't make sense for their relationship to carry on. But I think that may have been before he knew the full extent of what she did. I forget if they said that was the case, but he seemed distraught, but he still didn't want to air out dirty laundry, which I thought was very respectful. Mallory also said something very interesting. She said he was very different than he was in the pods. Which I wish I got to see more of that outside of the pods, like how he was. Because in the edits, he seemed very romantic. He was still singing. He was still being sweet to her. But again, as I said, edits. Sal ultimately said the issue in the relationship, aside from her being snakish, was that he felt unheard. And yeah, that that would ruin any relationship. 
Switching back to Ayana and Jarrett, I was very impressed with both of their reactions. Like Mallory, I still think Jarrett was a snake. I still side-eye him, even though he gave a very good, mature apology, owning up to what he did. Guys, that was disrespectful, y'all. Either one of you could have stopped that conversation immediately. And Jarrett, I appreciate, I'm, I'm, hold on. I appreciate you saying those things too, man. But you told me it was a fucking joke, bro. It 100% was a joke. But why, then why is it inappropriate? It was, a, it was an inappropriate joke, for sure, but okay. it was a joke. Cool, man. It would have been nice to know that, though. And I'll, I'll apologize to you. I'll be a man, you know, because I, I had no way, no reason to, to kind of downplay the situation or anything like that. But it was a it was a joke. It was taken out of a context, bad joke. I apologize. The ring that you got her was still a beautiful ring. I should have never even inserted that comment into that conversation. I appreciate that, man. And dude, like for the sake of this and for the sake of your guys' marriage, like I forgive you, dude. Like easy, quick, yeah. The difference between his and Mal's apology was the fact that Jarrett had no buts in his apology. I'm sorry, but is not an apology. Same thing with I take accountability, but. He said it was inappropriate and it could have been tailored in a better way, a more appropriate way. He also acknowledged that he made Ayana feel and look crazy. And it was important for him to acknowledge that on this reunion on national television, very important, especially to Ayana. I imagine that it was critical for her. Now, Mallory's apology was like, yeah, it was inappropriate, but emotions were charged and I had shots and nah, no. That's justifying. Justifying behavior and apologies go together like oil and water. It doesn't know. It's an apology or it's not. Ayana said everything after the proposal was what hurt her the most. Also, her feelings towards Mallory regarding the situation in Mexico was so mature and it made me like her so much. Everything pre-proposal, it's like I, I completely understand. Everything after was extremely hurtful for me to watch. Uh, have you and Mallory had a chance to We've spoken, discuss yeah. that? We've spoken. But I mean, if I'm honest, none of my anger went toward Mal. It went all toward Jared because he's my partner and he's the one who owes me loyalty. Mal doesn't owe me anything. Jarrett also said that regarding his marriage, he readjusted his lifestyle, even though it's been a struggle. It was all about finding their balance and compromising. Both ended up switching it up. Ayana goes out more and he stays in more, which is perfect. I think that's a really great compromise. It seems like things are going in a positive direction for them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, let's talk about Shake. Shake was immediately an asshole. Anybody nervous? I'm nervous about how we get edited. That's what you're gonna lead with? You went straight to you went straight to a, like a victim mode right away. I'm not a victim, you know, baby. You, I know. Well, you, that's what you sounded like, though. I will say one positive out of this reunion, for me at least, was him going head to head with Shane. Iconic. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell all. I'm gonna say what everyone's thinking at home. I'm not putting me into your work at all. Ever, ever, ever. He literally just said that he does not want to air out dirty laundry stuff like that. Why do you feel a need to come in and say that? Because we're at a reunion. I'm not gonna go in order of how things happened because it doesn't matter really. But we are gonna go through Shake's greatest hits. Shake at one point compared this experience to a large purchase, which I think is a good dive into his psyche. This is a good place to start. This is an important thing to remember about his mindset during this experience. So I wanted to put this little bit right here. I know I'm not the most liked person on this show, but I'm gonna keep it real with myself. And I think this is my chance to talk. So if I may. It's not that different than making a huge purchase. Maybe 
but oh, if I may, I no, know it's may. funny. I had to if giggle I, because it's marriage and a purchase. Okay. Think of it as the ultimate purchase, then, if you will. The the ultimate, the ultimate commitment, if you will. Before you make this type of commitment, I feel like you have to read the fine print on that. Do I even need to elaborate on why this is fucking awful? I don't think I do. I do want to take this time to say to not only Shake, but to anyone who does this, saying you are just being real, just saying what everyone's thinking. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. You aren't manifesting being real by saying that. You look like a fool. He acts like every single person on the show was superficial when clearly that wasn't the case. He's just such a fucking baby and he tries to be the savior. I don't know a better word for it. Maybe like the people's hero because he's just so raw and real. No, you're a superficial cunt who has self-esteem that is so low, so far into the fucking ground and you want to bring everyone else around you down into the trenches with you. And also, let me say right now, I am not a believer in love is blind, at least for myself. Obviously, it works for people. I am admittedly superficial to some degree. I like to look at my man and say, damn, you're fucking attractive. I I like that shit. I'm not into the stereotypical beefhead Shane type. I like what I like. Okay, and I know for myself personally, I don't mind that my partner is superficial to a certain degree. I love that my partner is obsessed and mesmerized by my looks and personality. That matters to me. That feels really fucking good. I think that's more common than not. I could be wrong. I don't know. But a little superficiality. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not a bad fucking person. Everyone likes to feel handsome and feel beautiful. And that's okay. And we like to look at pretty things and handsome things. That's not, a, that's not a bad trait. It's a human trait. But shake isn't this common type of superficial. This is not normal people level. Not at all. This is someone who will never be happy with himself and will never be happy with a partner. Even with his ideal little blonde type girl, he will never be happy. When he's with someone he's actually attracted to, he is so fucking insecure that he finds things wrong with her just so he can leave her before he is left. He treats her like shit before she can do that to him. For Shake, it's a power game. It's everything to make himself feel better and that's it. I could be wrong, let me just say. I don't know, Shake. That's just an opinion based on many interactions with humans like Shake. He was also acting as if Deep D was incredibly overweight or hideous, even though who gives a shit if she was, you know? But again, I don't think that matters to Shake, whether it's an ideal weight, look, it doesn't matter. I think he's very easily intimidated by women, and because of that, he makes himself superior by bringing down their physical appearances. A, at least a certain physical body type to get me in the ballpark. I'm not talking about she has to be 5'2", this, 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 this. I, if, if, if I were to marry somebody and, and, you know, there was a big weight discrepancy, it would be very hard for me to get past that. I want this shit to work. Nobody wanted it as bad as me, despite what you may think. I think you were on, if I may, yeah. the wrong show. You sat there and berated every single one of these women physically and then went through the process with this beautiful soul over here, beautiful all because soul. you wanted someone that you wanted to fuck, not fall in love I with. I didn't even do not, that. I didn't even do that. That's the point. So if, if you think that's my goal, then God, you're you very wrong. You just said wrong. that, babe. 
I want the emotional connection, everything that we know the show is supposed to do. But there's also certain criteria there that goes beyond the emotional connection. But it's, this show if establishes... love is not purely blind to me, but I want it to be partially blind. I want it to be love is blurry. I was surprised to learn that Deep D said she was aware of the horrendous things Shake was saying while being engaged to him. I thought that was very interesting. We didn't see that. We saw her being almost desperate, it seemed. But she wasn't. She knew all along. We also learned that what Shake was saying was the watered down version. Yes, you heard that right. The watered down version. Saying he felt like he was with his aunt was the watered down version. Just awful. Shake felt like the Regina George of the entire reunion. He just wouldn't shut up. He just waves his finger in the air and adds his fucking two cents, which nobody asked for. May I? Two things. Number one, your situation with Jared, that whole situation and, and the aftermath of that, I think that was an uncomfortable thing. Number two, your ex-girlfriend. I think as in, in your shoes, that's going to sour a relationship. Once you shatter the vase, you can't put it back together. But Shay, who are you, you to like, provide that? I'm just, say, I'm just saying this my freaking opinion. He went on and on and on about how fake everyone is and how he's the realest. You've been it's the fakest, part, you've been oh, the fakest person from the I'm beginning. The realest, Don't start there, I'm the realest, Jared. There. I say the Don't facts. I keep it 100, bro. I've always, started, bro. I've always kept this completely 100. Come on, dog. Don't do that. Yeah, you're not, we can. You're we not. can. We can do you're that. You're not. You're not. You came on here for all the wrong reasons. And you know that. And everybody can see through how shallow you are. Uh, let's just get back on track, shall we? Sure. He is so far removed from reality. I almost feel bad for him, but not really. I want to end on a positive note. Deep D kept her head high the entire reunion. She had to watch a lot of things back and listen to a lot of bullshit that was completely humiliating her all over again. But even when I could tell, I could physically see that she was holding back tears, she still kept her chin up and handled her shit like a boss. I just want to say it's, it's okay to not be physically attracted to somebody. Guess what? There's a million other people who are. It's the way you go about life. It's how you do it and how you say it that's extremely disrespectful. It's degrading to women. And I'm so happy for every single person sitting on this couch today because they have my back and they call you out. You're honestly, look at how you're speaking. Every single person here has an issue with you. That says a lot about your character. That's all I'm going to say. It's, that's what it's turned into, unfortunately. Yeah. It's not turning into it. It's... A reality check for you, and you lack the self-awareness to even know that you're doing something wrong. And it's flabbergasting to me. The fact that I ever respected you as a person, it's, I'm mind-blown. And it's I brought hurtful. you to my family. I've never done that. To, for my dad and my mom to sit there and watch you say these disgusting fucking things about me is so degrading. If you care about somebody and you're supposedly their friend, you do not disrespect them on national fucking TV. Like, yeah, I could have I could have handled that differently. I agree. You just don't know how to speak, especially to women. Finally, going back to the first half of the reunion, I believe it was some time earlier. Kyle made my entire day. He said he regrets not asking Deep D to marry him. I didn't know they connected in the pods. Oh, my God. I wish I wish I would have seen that. I wish that was the entire show. Just Deep D and Kyle, my two favorite people. I like them together because they seem so different but compatible still. Shake, of course, couldn't help but insert himself into that moment and was like, oh, I'm happy to facilitate. Go for it. Just a fucking little gargoyle. Honestly, when Shane says he cannot believe the words that are coming out of your mouth, 
you have some self-reflecting to do, my guy. A lot of it. Shane, you seem horrified. You're right, man. I just can't believe the words are coming out of his mouth. Honestly, I can't. It keeps it real. No, that's not real, man. That's bad. you again for listening i hope you had as much fun as i did watching the reunion listening to me rant about the reunion be sure to follow the pod on instagram at ncqh podcast and or my personal instagram at l-e-a-a underscore m-a-r-z as well as my tiktok l-e-a-m-a-r-z-z today i want to spotlight equality texas In 2020, lawmakers in 18 states introduced 25 bills to criminalize critical health care for transgender youth who are insistent, consistent, and persistent about their gender identity. Parents, guardians, and medical experts work together to provide age-appropriate, evidence-based care. This is a lengthy process on a continuum of care that is personal and private to each family. In 2021, these bills have reappeared in at least 12 states. Some bills would send health professionals to prison for a decade. Others would classify doctors and parents as child abusers. None of these bills became law, but the debate surrounding them spread dangerous misinformation about who transgender people are and what their health care entails. Every major medical association supports transition care for transgender people, including thoughtful care for adolescents as safe, medically necessary, and life-saving. The care is backed by peer-reviewed studies that show that transition care saves lives. These bills which isolate transgender youth and remove their opportunities to live fulfilled, healthy lives are dangerous and cruel. On EqualityTexas.org, you can find many more issues they take head on, like conversion therapy, ending discrimination and hate crimes, the Romeo and Juliet Defense Act, and much, much, much more. You can also find ways to get involved, anything from attending events to signing up to be an Equality Texan, which will alert you anytime action needs to be taken, like signing a petition, for example. Of course, donations are always accepted and welcome to those who are capable and comfortable doing so. Thank you again. Until next time, stay caffeinated, stay streaming, stay strong. Stay strong.